Welcome to Cannabis and Live. My name is Kevin Fox. Today we have a very special guest. You may have heard of the world's largest bong. Well, today we have Jason Harris, founder of Jerome Baker Design. Thank you so much for coming on uh, Cannabis and Live today. Right on, Kevin. Aloha. Aloha. Where are you? I'm in beautiful Maui, Hawaii on the North Shore at the Tie-Dye Mansion. Awesome. Home of Aquadelic Swimwear. And do you catch a lot of surf while you're out there? Yeah, that's kind of the goal is to get up early, go surf, and uh, then do do the rest of the day work. So, Yeah, that's kind of like uh, a great place. Yeah, I have the gym. You have the ocean. So I, uh, I'm jealous. I think that's incredible. So thanks for being on. So really, you've been in business. You've been doing this for well over 20 years. Uh, what has been your inspiration from the start and what continues to inspire you to make these uh, beautiful glass art? So, um, wow. Uh, (laughs) At heart, Kevin, I'm an artist. I like creating things. It gives me uh, great pleasure to make a piece of artwork and get it out of me. I found my medium in glass through an old man, Bob Snodgrass. Yeah. And um, he, he kind of inspired me in the beginning to pick this medium up and uh, make things in glass. And over the past 20 years, I've been doing glass in all various ways, whether it's fusing it, casting it, flame working it, slumping it, anything. I've been to many schools around the world, uh, traveled extensively to different glass factories around the world, and just have a vast knowledge of the material. Uh, that's been that's been the heart and soul of of my inspiration is that is number one being able to handle the material like a professional. Number two, uh, the inspiration for the Jerome Baker Designs faction of what I do is the fact that I make a water pipe, and this water pipe is used to inspire and change humans, and change the course of what we do as a human race. Um, so just that alone uh, keeps me motivated to make cool tools to um, to to use within this cannabis industry. The other part of this piece that we make, uh, as I've been told by Bob, that we're channelers of a different uh, realm. And these pieces that come out uh, are actually going to be keys to the keys. big mothership. When yeah. it lands, if you have that bong or that glass piece made by us, you're going to be able to fit it in the hole and go into your door and take off with this big mothership. So one day, inspiration <laughs> keeps coming. We're going to get there, baby. Um, now, a lot of people um, know you as Jerome Baker. Where did that all, you know, I mean, I, you know, you, you go by Jason Harris, Jerome Baker. Where did Jerome Baker come from? In the beginning of when I started making glass, uh, again, I was an art major at the University of Oregon. I wanted to be a fine artist. So the bong thing was on the side for me, and I wanted to have a fictitious name that this thing ran under, um, as well as I wanted to hire people to make bongs and work in this shop for me, and I didn't want it to be for me. I wanted it to be for a higher entity, a company, and that company I called Jerome Baker Designs. Jerome is Jerry Garcia's real name, mm-hmm. Jerome Garcia. So yeah. I named it after Jerry, who's my superhero from when I was a kid, Baker the act of getting baked designs gets me discounts on paint and wallpaper at certain <laughs> stores. So I figured it was a great hit. JBD kind of sounded like the JGB, Jerry Garcia band. Yeah. It all fit. It all flowed. 
I hired a lot of my friends from Grateful Dead tour. We started the factory and uh, never knew uh, what, you know, what would happen in the end. It became, you know, a legendary name in glass. And, uh, you know, a lot of other people since then have, have attached street names or pen names to their glass, you know, being. And so um, before me, I can't think of one person who had their glass company called something else. And besides that, before me, there was only six other people. First was Bob, Hugh, Tori, Cameron, uh, Chris Shave, me, and uh, maybe one other person back then. So Bob but that seemed, was it. Bob seemed to be a big inspiration to your work. I mean, what did Bob bring to you? I mean, what did he, how did he inspire you? Okay, so for, so what happened? I'm going to go into a more broad glass Great. Uh, uh, conversation and say that in the late '80s, America was introduced to Kind Bud. We called it Kind Bud back then. I remember. It was a Northern Lights, Northern Lights Five to be exact, up in the Northeast. What happened was it started to come over from Amsterdam. It was trickling over from the coffee shops and starting to get into the colleges in the Northeast in America, Miami, L.A. Some of the bigger hit cities had the, had, the, had the good strains then. At that point in my life, I was just discovering kind weed, as was a lot of other people. I would get the bud and I would pack it into a crack pipe because that was the only way I could really taste that special flavor that wasn't Mexican. Right? I didn't have to de-seed the weed at that time. I remember that. And I think it was, a, it was like a perfect storm, a perfect chain of events that during this time, uh, I, met, I, I had met a, a friend of mine from tour and he had a Bob Snodgrass pipe. And that pipe, when I packed that kind bud into it, it, the flavor was full. And the bonus factor was when, the, when I smoked weed out of the pipe, it would appear to change colors the more I used it. Different little things would come out. Skulls, words, love, unity, little stick figures and shit like this. It really tripped me out. So I, when I moved to Oregon not long after that, I looked up Bob in the phone book. I looked under the white pages, S-N-O-D-G-R-A-S-S. I found him. I called him up. I go to his house, and I and I and I uh, and I saw, I witnessed a wizard in action making his you know potent concoctions, and for me that inspired me. What he did differently, that was the key factor to all of this, was he made these pipes seem to change color the more you use it. And how he did that was he fumed precious metals into the pipe, silver, gold, copper, and others, cover them with clear glass trap little designs that he made in there, and then burn out the rest. What wow. happens is it's like a mirror without a black background yes. on it. You can see through that mirror. When you put a black background on it, it reflects. This is what the resin does inside of his pipes. It builds up and gets blacker and blacker and blacker and makes more and more things appear. It was like magic. That was the inspiration that got me and thousands, if not tens of thousands of people into this. The other factor with Bob, the other factor with Bob was that he invented a certain kind of a bowl that goes into this piece. It's a pushed-in bowl that he pushes with a carbon reamer. What happens there is that unlike the old cone bowls or funnel bowls with a hole in the bottom, they would heat up when you touch the outside of them. Bob's bowl was the first to not heat up the outside of the pipe so we could keep smoking more pot. You didn't have to stop and cool the thing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was revolutionary in 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 the cannabis, you know, smoking tools realm. I mean, so so these two factors and Bob being the the unique character that he is, was 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 just you know magic. 
at that point, uh, I think Jerry Garcia had died in 95. Mm -hmm. That's when I really made the thing into a big company. I started blowing glass out on Grateful Dead tour in 91. I learned from Bob. I got to go to the shows. I got to meet people in the lighting crew that were trading me backstage passes. So I started bringing my torch to the Ritz-Carlton. I'd blow glass in the bathroom all night long on acid and go to the show in the morning and fucking trade pipes for backstage passes and be front row. My last 75 shows with Jerry were front row. I was on the rail at one point during these shows. That's incredible. So It was an addiction. Oh no! I mean, I mean, you got to be able to feed your addiction, and you and you learn to craft in the meantime, which is the coolest part of this whole thing. You right. Know? So, right. absolutely. What has changed? I mean, you started with these bowls, and you know, somewhere around what uh, five, six years ago, you started making these lunch boxes with these rigs, right? Um, what have you seen changed in the consumers that purchase your your bongs, your pieces, your glass? Right. So. When, when, when I first started making the lunch boxes, the idea came straight out of the, when the dispensary started to open. First dispensary opens, and, and I, saw, um, I saw a problem selling them glass. They just can't take the glass like a traditional head shop. They have to inventory proper, the stock, store, market. It was a different type of doing business, and I realized they needed proper packaging. So the lunch boxes came out of a, 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 a hole in the system that needed the packaging. Um, so, so you know, I, I decided. Well, at first I did them in cardboard boxes. They were great. They looked really cool, collectible boxes. I'm thinking sneakers. I'm thinking cool. Yeah. And so uh, from there, uh, I, I noticed some of these what they call dab kids mm-hmm. coming to these parties. I go to a party, twenty kids show up with these with these fat pelican cases. And there are, there are $10,000 rigs in there. Everybody's proud of it. And it's the coolest fucking thing ever. And so I said, hey, look, we need a little solution to that. Give them a lunch box, a metal box. And so they put the dab rigs in it and go. So in the end, uh, what I came up with was a solution to a problem in, um, uh, in the packaging part of this whole thing. And I think now in the end, I've, I've, got, I've got a new box coming out. Um, I did five different designs, a limited edition, thousand of each design. Everything comes to Vegas in my new headquarters. And um, I'm going to have new lunch boxes. They're a little larger. They have locking mechanisms on them to become childproof. Yes. Um, so, so it's a real fun way to market for me. Uh, it's a collectible box. No, I see people collecting these. They will have the same piece more or less on the inside, but they had to buy another one because the box was different. That's correct. I have people also that email me, hey, can I get a new box? I bro- I don't give a box or I don't give one of the rigs separately. This is how to distinguish myself uh, and keep people from knocking me off too quickly. Mm-hmm. I can make a nice piece of glass. I can make a nice box to go into, put it together, put a certificate of authenticity in. And uh, and it's got it's got legitimacy. It's got credibility that it did come from my studio. So maybe now uh, fast forward a little bit more. Now you're starting to create these four foot, five foot pieces. Uh, are you creating boxes for those? No. <laughs> they had each each one of those giant pieces comes with its own giant uh, wooden box. Can you That's imagine someone sure. carrying that around? That's the funny part. But I, I don't think, <laughs> see that happening. So, so yeah, you started, it'd be a trailer. Yeah, so like your new adventure was creating these larger than life pieces. Uh, these, yeah. you know, basically the traditional Jerome Baker design uh, bongs that usually stood about a foot and a half or whatnot, now in these four, five foot pieces. 
Um, when did that all start for you? And and it seems like you're creating that now on the regular. This is a seems to be a new hot item uh, for you. Right, right. So, so for me, uh, moving and shaking as as you know, number one, a businessman. Uh, I'm an artist, uh, but I but I really enjoy the art of doing business as well yeah. and selling. Yep. Um, there's been a, a major saturation in the industry with this big what we call a green rush cannabis frenzy um, there's been a saturation in the industry you combine that with the new chinese imports and the dh gates of the world mm-hmm. um, it becomes very hard to compete out there in your standard headshot market um, i try to sell to a lot of dispensaries i try to make a lot of noise and so for me uh how do i float above there's a lot of really talented glass pipe artists out there now yushin buck darby uh, uh, banjo, the name, the list of names goes on. It could be 100, 200 deep of really, really quality high-end pipe makers. I'm an old school guy. I have an old school technique uh, that that I like doing. And so I'm not going, you know, of course, like any good rock band or any relevant musician, I make new albums. I try to make trendy, relevant products that are hip and trendy right now. But it's still you. It's still a little bit me, but real me is vintage in terms of glass pipes. Mm-hmm. How do I set myself apart? And right now, it's about making noise. It's about getting out there, being on the, on the scene, going to these cannabis cups, going to the Kush cons, going to the, the, the different events, uh, the Seattle Hemp Fest, all these different great events that are wrapped themselves around cannabis being relevant within that standard. And then what do I do differently? Well, because I have such a vast background in glass, people in glass, materials in glass, all that stuff uh, I want to utilize. I don't want it to just go to waste. I got millions of dollars in, in traveling and schooling and everything else in glass. So I decided, you know what, let's start making some bongs that are more than just this average little bong that you can smoke out of. Let's make something that nobody else has done ever. And thinking outside the box brought me to, let's make some giant bongs. We started doing it out here in Hawaii. We have an incredible studio, Makai Glass. Mm-hmm. If you ever come to Maui, you're welcome to come by and see yes. us blow glass live up there. Awesome. We make whales, turtles, dolphins, mermaids, all that shit. Yeah. But I went in there with this new bong idea. We started making the large bongs, and it was a hit. Everybody loved it. Soon, uh, about a year after we started doing it, Leafly, uh, the weed app, approached me, and they wanted to produce um, a, 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 a picture with, with us making these pieces. Yeah. So we went to Seattle and did it, and we made a lot of noise on that first blow. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we've been approached by uh, Cannabition. Uh, to make the world's largest bong for their museum. Um, and so that was part of the second uh, Bongzilla blow. Uh, we go to Brooklyn uh, in two weeks on the, set, on the 8th, 16th, 17th, 18th of June. We'll be in Brooklyn at Brooklyn Glass. Isn't that Everybody's during the invited dead shows? to come. That's during the dead that's shows. Dur- over there. During Grateful Dead in, in, at City Field. Uh, so feel free to come by and check out the blow. We'll be working our asses off and going over to the show and getting high as, high as hell at night. So, um, you know, this is what's going on. I feel like for me, it's a, it's a passion that's unveiled itself in a way that um, makes, makes uh, reverberation in this cannabis industry. Um, now I have a, um, uh, a benefactor 
that's helping me greatly get through and navigate the um, financial uh, hardships hey, of doing these kind of large projects. You do what you do best, and then you know hire somebody or get somebody that knows the rest. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I these these blows are over fifty thousand dollars each to go out and do with all these people and all this catering and all this film work. Uh, so to finance that. We have a new company in, in uh, Canada called Weekend Unlimited. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a cannabis and culture and branding company, and they've helped us get through these these different blows that we're doing right now. So it's enabled me to unleash as an artist and get the best glass blowers in there, use the best color, not worry about spending, and be able to make some crazy masterpiece just because it's yeah, cool. That's art. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's not pre-sold. It's not like this. So where we show these pieces right now in Las Vegas, uh, there'll always be a floating show over at the Cannabis Cannabition Museum. Mm -hmm. And you can easily walk from the museum to the Jerome Baker headquarters and see a vast array of these pieces. That's incredible. We'll be set up in Vegas by October to make this large-scale pieces there. We're going to create a Blue Man Group-style uh, glass-blowing show that happens a few nights a week. And we're going to make these ultra large bongs in Vegas so anybody can come anytime and witness this this incredible act of wizardry. That's incredible. So let's get into the world's largest bong uh, over the 420 weekend. You created a lot of different pieces, including those four foot, five foot pieces. But you were also with Charlie uh, Lowry and, and a bunch of other great artists. You were constructing the world's largest bong. Uh, the, the, this has got to be on record or no record probably the largest piece that you've probably ever created, correct? Absolutely, uh, by far, by far. And and um, with that, um, did you have to consider different materials, um, how it was built? I mean, you're shipping this from Seattle to Vegas, um, how it's going to be finalized and constructed. Tell us a little bit more about the phases and, and tell us about phase one that happened over the 420 weekend. So before the 420 weekend, we had to engineer exactly what we're going to make. And um, I brought in a couple people, architect, uh, engineer, and a, and a solid glass sculptor, Charles Lowry. And we kind of sketched it out and understood the dynamics of what we were about to make. Um, and then we got our team together. We all met in Seattle. And in the hot shop, we executed these sections of this 24-foot piece. So you basically have, uh, what is it, eight sections, eight. three right. foot each. Um, this is gonna, they're going to stack on top of each other. In between each section, we put an, we call it a volio. It's an Italian word for a piece that's between a goblet cup and a goblet stem. Mm -hmm. It's a securer. Uh, so we put these avolios in. The thing sits on a metal stand. It's got a stairway that goes up to the top of it. It's, it's got secure, security up on the top of the thing so it doesn't fall over at any given point. Mm -hmm. um, it's got cleaning capabilities from the bottom. And we have a giant ball. I mean, the thing must be three or four feet around here for the wow. bottom of the thing. Um, so we're really excited to go get an install on this and uh, get somebody to actually smoke it. So will you have to like um, torch it, uh, build it on location? I mean, how's that going to work out? Is yeah, so what happens is, uh, is when we get to a scale of this level. Because um, you really can't stick is, that in the kiln, you know? You, you could. We, we, there are kilns large enough to, okay. to anneal a piece that big. Okay. Okay, but, but the smart way of manufacturing the piece is in sections, and it's to use a laminate. We actually chemically 
get the glass hot enough right at the seal point and seal it. Wow. So it's, it's very tricky to do. Uh, and it's a one-shot deal for each component. If we were to put two pieces together and they go together wrong, we have to remake those pieces. Well, that's what I was going to say. If everything goes right, this thing's going to be perfect. But uh, what's uh, you're going to have to go and create another. Uh, if it cracks in the meantime, when putting it together, what's your backup plan? Is it just going to get shorter, the bong, or <laughs> or do we have another? No, we've we've created a couple of extra sections in case we had any breakage. We also had to remake one of the sections because we had a, a slight hairline crack inside of it. Um, so we're just paying attention to little idiosyncrasies that go along with it. We know the material well enough. We know we, we could have potential problems and why. So we just try to account for that ahead of time. If we have to make extra pieces, we do, uh, which, we've, which we've made a couple. You're using uh, uranium, so this thing's going to be able to glow? Yeah, what we've learned in the past is that there's a... There's a, there's a green glass out there. It's, they've used it in antique glass. It's a green uranium look on the glass. And it's actually uranium mixed into the glass. And what it does is it creates almost a glowing effect. Well, when you shoot it with a black light, it lights up. Wow. Light, glass is a conductor of light. Yeah. So if we use this uranium and we shoot it with a black light and we can sectionally shoot it so we can light one section up and blow one section out, all while it's sitting there at the museum. For me, it adds a great trippy vibe that's, that's only, you know, has synergy with the cannabis movement. It only has synergy with the bong. And we decided, why not, you know, go big with this thing. We used about 20 kilograms of uranium within this piece. It's pretty darn incredible. I mean, I was there on location to see it being built piece by piece. People expected it to be all done in one piece, but, you know, that's almost impossible, plus having to travel and everything else. Um, I'm really excited to see Phase 2 get under, underway and then the unveiling, which will hopefully be at the grand opening of Cannabition this summer. So that's awesome. Right. We do unveiling, but my exciting part is not when the guy comes and smokes it and clears it. Or we get dabbing granny if you're watching. We want you out there. She can but do reality it. is, when we get the girls in the bikinis to come clean this thing with the ladder yeah. and make sure it's all spotless for the next time, next smoke session to be, this is going to be fun all around. Uh, from, from, from the design, making, unveiling, smoking, cleaning. It, it's, just gonna, it's, it's a really fun energy. The bong itself will become this 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 go-to thing, this you oracle. Know, this, Maybe yeah. we'll call it like an oracle, yeah? Yeah. So it's going to have a lot of different energies that we can put around it. Uh, to me, that's, that's, that, that's the magic of this whole project. Well, one thing um, I just want to say that was incredible is you had a community there that even allowed ashes of, uh, of, a, of, a, of one of your community members infused into one of the marbles i thought that was just incredible the community allowing that and it was just it was beautiful you know we have certain people in our circle yeah not only uh do we have the people that handle the glass we have just as many if not double that amount that are that are our our sanctum our, yeah. our inner circle and those people are attracted to the to the to the whole energy of what happens with what we do yeah, because we're we're it's so fun to watch making glass. It's kind of an attraction. People want to hang out and be there. Maybe they want to be security. Maybe they want to help do the electric. 
Maybe they want to go stand over here and clean the floor just because. I saw people getting uh, drinks. The, the, the I guy, saw people the feeding who, people there. The guy there. whose ashes that we did was his daughter. That's Biker Tom. He's the guy that always shows up with all the Harley guys and hangs out and makes sure things are secure. Or if any of those head shops don't pay us out there, Biker Tom's going to be at your door making <laughs> sure you pay up. So with that, he's one of our guys. When he comes to the, to the chain and says, hey, my daughter passed away. Here's her ashes. I want it to be part of what you're doing. It's not a question. It's, that's kind of how we function. So last question. Is there a name to the world's largest bong yet? You know, right now, I, I, I'm the kind of thing that says, uh, let's what? not name the baby till he's born. Okay. And then maybe spend a day or two with him and we can really say, this is, this is what he is. That's my thing. But I was commissioned to make this piece for a higher power, which okay. is cannabisian. Yeah. So at that point, you know, it's 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 many people's vision that's kind of going into this thing. Um, I'm going to let it more. Let out. the audience maybe, uh, you know, what whatever they call it, it becomes. I remember in, in college, I had a giant plastic graphics and its name was Loose Lucy. Nice. And Whenever you want to get high, you take Loose Lucy out. You know yeah, what I mean? I had the same six foot. I call it the grave digger because it puts you six feet under. It was a six foot yeah. bong, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, so everybody, and, and, everybody has their, their – And that their, all comes through experience. Around. It doesn't just – you just don't get the bong. It's like it's an experience and then all of a sudden one day, one day it has its name. So that's right. beautiful. Well, I really appreciate you coming on Cannabition Live. I'm excited to get into phase two, see you again. Maybe I'll show up in New York, definitely see you in Las Vegas. And I know we're going to have you on the program again. There's going to be a lot of great video coming out about the world's largest bong, as well as your community. And I'm really excited to show more of Jerome Baker Design. So just real quick, JeromeBaker.com. Go check out the website, Instagram, at Jerome underscore Baker. You know the schedule. We have Brooklyn coming up, 16th, 17th, 18th of June. We have uh, the install in Cannabition beginning in July. July 9th, 18th, we're throwing a rager at the Jerome Baker headquarters in Vegas. Everybody's invited. July 28th and 29th, I'm in Wertheim, Germany, doing one of the most complex bongs we've ever made. It'll be multidimensional spinning gadgets and everything else in this piece. And I'm working with a guy who makes nuclear reactors from glass. Wow. So we're going to have a whole other element to throw into this mix. This bong that I make, I'm sure we're going to drag it over to Cannabition for some sessions too. So it's going to be fun. Keep track of the schedule. Keep track of the website to find out where we are and what we're doing. We try to wrap the public around everything that we're doing. And if you're ever in Las Vegas, 721 South 1st Street. It's in the Arts District. It's right down the street from Cannabition. We're open uh, – Every uh, every weekday, 10 to 6. If the door's Stop unlocked, by. you're there. That, or, That's it. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you being on. And I, like I said again, thank you for being a great inspiration to a lot of people in this industry. You're really a mover and a shaker, a great artist, and, and you just keep growing. You just, you know, that's the beauty with all these projects. You just keep growing and changing and, and really inspiring uh, the cannabis industry, the, the people in the cannabis industry to uh, raise the level, keep raising the cool. level. So I really appreciate you. I feel like it's a Peloton. I feel like it's a... Um... It's a, and we're at the, up at the front of the pack. There's always somebody different running in the front, and everybody else is dragging wind behind them. You understand what I'm telling you? Absolutely. So, so for me, it's about being at the front of the peloton, 
Uh, I may not be out in front all the time, but I, I, I want to be up there with the pack for sure. I don't want to be looking at them out way out in front of me. It gets gets exhausting back there. Thank you so much, Jason Harris, otherwise known as Jerome Baker, I guess. But <laughs> thank you for being on and aloha. Aloha from Maui, bro. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Live. My name is Kevin Fox. You just listened to Jerome Baker Design, Jason Harris, discuss the world's largest bong, which will be on location at Cannabis Museum this summer. Get your tickets now by going to Cannabition.com.